0: Welcome to Unlikely Intersections, where intent, impact, and inquiry inspire our conversation. I'm Dr. Terry Jackson, and I have with me Dr. Philip Brown. We are at the intersection. What's interesting is we all experience many intersections daily. We experience intersections at church, at home, at work, and at play. How we handle those intersections will choose or determine the trajectory of our day and our life. Good morning, Doctor Brown. How are you?
1: Fantastic, awesome, fantastic. Awesome. Very excited about today's topic. Full Very, commitment.
0: That's right. Full commitment. All in. What's that mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. Um, what what it, it, it means? Mind, body, soul, and spirit into everything that I do, giving it my one hundred percent, all as we call it. You know, being an athlete or former athlete. Uh, and some people can't tell that I was a former athlete, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, football, basketball, and baseball, being committed to being the best that you could actually be, right? Uh, what you're doing, the workouts, uh, studying in the off season, uh, studying the, the the competition, even from an academic perspective, right? Commitment to those courses that were our favorite courses, right? Um For me, commitment was extremely important, right? Um, Trying to become who I thought I wanted to become, right? Took full, full, full commitment. So it's an interesting topic. I'm looking to delve more into it. And, you know, what's of interest to me is what determines what you commit to?
1: Wow, that's deep. And just the whole concept that you described has so many elements, Mm -hmm. it seems like folks commonly forget about some of those preparation-type elements.
0: Absolutely, and that's the key to being able to commit, right? Why would you commit to anything that you haven't prepared to do, you haven't prepared to commit to, right? By studying the landscape of whatever it is, right? It could be something as simple as uh, preparing to read a book, you know, doing a little bit of research and figuring out why should I commit to reading this book? How is it going to help me along the way? What knowledge will I get out of it? Um, how will it impact my life? As we talk about intent and impact here, there has to be intent. And making a commitment is truly about uh, intent and impact.
1: Sounds like you're talking about context for that commitment.
0: Yes, Absolutely.
1: And as we say, a lot of times context is decisive. So it's where we, where we start, has a lot to do with where we finish. That's many right. times, if not every time.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, committing to education, right? <laughs> Whether we liked it or not, we committed to it when our mothers <laughs> enrolled us in the first grade. <laughs> but there was a there was a twelve year commitment, right? Some may have gone a little shorter. Some may have gone a little longer. But commitment. Runs in every aspect of our life, whether we know it or not, whether we want to recommend it or not. And, you know, what I like about commitment is this other phrase that comes along with it, right? You're either all in or you're not in at all. You know, there's no halfway, right? It's like, um, I heard the statement, you can't be half pregnant, right? <laughs> you, you you either are or you're not, right? So that's, that's the power of commitment. And uh, so if I had to take a look at commitment how do we measure how committed we are to a particular subject or topic or way of life
1: that's a tough question (laughs) it's on the inside and it Mm. makes me also think you know Mm -hmm. one of the things you mentioned earlier was a big part of it is doing your best Mm. and we know your best is not the same every day, right? That's right. right. Like that's some right. days your best is just way better. That's right. And other days. So how do you reconcile those days when your best isn't quite as good as you want it to be, but still count that thing as a day of full commitment? Because right. the effort was there.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And that's the key point you just made. Even though we're committed and we're doing our best my Monday may not be as good as my Tuesday, and my Wednesday may be better than my Tuesday, but as long as I gave it my best that particular day. I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> as my daughter was coming along to grade school and high school, and she may, maybe she didn't do as well on a particular uh, test. I wouldn't kind of fuss at her if you would. I would look at the test, I would look at the grade, and then I would ask her this question, was this your best? Then I would ask the next question. If you had to take it again, knowing what you know now, would you do better? And she would say yes and that would be it. I would, I would leave it alone because <clears throat> everyone knows when they're not doing their their very best, right? Even though it may have been the best that day, but it may not have been the very best that they've ever done or that they can do and that's the key to commitment
1: that whole idea that perfection is hard to attain. And I can't tell you how many times I know my daughter has come home from a test and she'll talk about the thing that she knew that she just missed mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it always comes down to, this kind of reminds me of our friend, Dr. Rao, that process focus
0: mm-hmm. can't
1: always control the outcomes, right? You've temporarily lost your mind, missed a game winning layup or mm-hmm. you know, t- missed an easy question on a test or, something of that nature, distraction happens. Mm-hmm. It is foundational to where we are now more so than mm-hmm. ever with the income and stimuli that we get and especially kids get these days. But that focus on process mm-hmm. and really that relentless focus day in and day out on that process to me is, is one real measure of commitment.
0: Mm. You know, <clears throat> Dr. Brown, You being a physician, and more importantly, being a surgeon, that took commitment. I don't know how many years of education you've had to go through after undergraduate, but there was a commitment, and you knew that there was going to be delayed gratification because of the process. Talk to us about your commitment because i think you told me when you first were admitted into uh, med school they didn't have room for you but you were willing to sleep in your truck to make it happen
1: i got in so late right? it was <laughs> like i did not know if i was going to find a, a place to live or not right. but you know i said hey yeah i'm still willing to come it turns out i did find a place to sleep. It all worked out. You know, I made it through mm-hmm. it was 11 years of mm-hmm. training after undergraduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that commitment over time. There are better days and there are worse days. And you, you set yourself up on that pathway of delayed gratification. You have to. And And then you just break it down into small pieces. What does it take to get to the next step? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you don't even know. So Mm -hmm. in my particular case, when I first went into medical school, I vividly remember walking into the back of that uh, Brody building. It was the exact color of a boiled shrimp. Coming from the coast, I was like, boy, this is an ugly building, right? Four quick years, I'll be out of here, you know. It ended Mm -hmm. up actually 13 years later because I did Mm -hmm. a little bit of time on faculty at East Carolina after I finished, and it was a function of I didn't know what I didn't know Mm -hmm. when I started, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I knew there was training after medical school, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know the rigors that were going to ultimately be involved in all of that. right? Mm -hmm. But I knew I was committed to to get through it. I definitely didn't want to do surgery because I knew it was too long of a residency, and I felt like I was a little bit older starting, so I was in a hurry. But Mm -hmm. it kind of selected me, and then I certainly didn't want to do any additional training, but vascular surgery selected me, and Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. ended up pursuing what ultimately interested me. But the fascinating thing about all that commitment is, I got a few months into my first practice after all the rigors of training, Mm -hmm. and I guess in the back of my mind, I thought maybe you know somehow I was supposed to have arrived. (laughs) And I remember, you know, just in the midst of of another day of chaos, just wondering, is this it? all that to end up here and i really you know that was many years ago but ultimately helped me understand the focus on process right Mm -hmm. it's a journey Mm -hmm. and you know that commitment is there all along the way but it's foolish to commit necessarily everything all the eggs in your basket to an end point because Mm -hmm. whenever you get there there just has to be another endpoint somewhere farther away. That's right.
0: That's right. That's right. And and that's a a vital point that people have to understand what you just said. Basically what you were saying was commit to the journey and not to the outcome as Dr. Rao has said on a number of occasions. It's really about the journey because when you get to the endpoint you're like is this it? But if you just understand it as a continuous journey then you you know, you minimize those moments of "Is this all that this is supposed to be?" I thought there was more. By minimizing that uh, that that journey, it allows us to continue that commitment to whatever we are uh, involved in at that time. You know, that takes me to what does commitment look like for for you? Um, and, and that question really is for everyone. What does commitment really look like for you? Because oftentimes people use the word commitment, but I don't know if they've ever examined it or, or painted the picture of what it looks like because too many people get into too many things and they let them fall by the wayside. Commitment, right? I can tell you my journey with uh, working out and eating healthy and I'm committed, and then all of a sudden, I see those chicken wings. And for some reason, I uncommit for about 30 minutes, and I recommit after I eat them, right? So what does commitment look like?
1: Yeah, breaks in the journey are probably okay by the way, uh, especially when it revolves around chicken wings. That's right. But, you know, the, the commitment piece to me, and you might imagine it based on my background, right, Like it always involves doing the homework Mm. and when I was younger and, and still evolving uh, faster in my journey, I think I'm, I'm evolving now, maybe not as fast, Mm -hmm. sometimes faster. It kind of comes and goes, but you know, sort of setting out some possible futures Mm. that are less clear, but some, very clear next steps mm-hmm. and then doing the homework to understand the whole context. And beyond that is keeping my eyes open because it's, it's like mm-hmm. that old saying, you know, don't fall in love with one thing so much that you mm-hmm. are willing to forego something that's better. Mm-hmm. And we get through this whole process a lot of times, like we've described and you end up at the end or what you think was going to be the end. And there's this moment of, of pause, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Like it happens a lot of times. Like I've run a number of marathons and done very fast, but Mm -hmm. you get after the, after the race, if you don't sort of have in mind something else pretty quick, you're unstable. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens in your career and in your education. And, In relationships, a Mm -hmm. lot of times it really comes down to uh, something we've talked about in previous episodes is curiosity, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. as you're going through this journey, whatever it is, keeping your eyes open for new things, Mm -hmm. right? Don't be so blinded by whatever it is you're pursuing that you lose the context of your surroundings. Mm -hmm. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's really important. The, The... Commitment to me also needs to include a willingness to change
0: mm-hmm.
1: if the evidence mm-hmm. comes to support mm-hmm. that a change is needed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's why it's important to to focus on the journey rather than the outcome. And I see this done wrong in a lot of companies and a lot of organizations where They set goals and a lot of times maybe they tie incentive compensation to it. And as soon as that happens, they're locked in on an outcome. Mm -hmm. A lot of times that outcome is set lower than what they know they can obtain because it's tied to compensation. Mm -hmm. And the willingness to change is compromised heavily. Mm -hmm. So one of the worst things that we know from leadership a fundamental lesson is the worst thing you can do is do the wrong work well. <laughs> well, if you set the wrong goal and you're focused only on the outcome, your process shows you that maybe a change is indicated, but you're so connected to that goal that you're reluctant to change, then that's really the wrong work. Yep. So we should try very hard not, not to become too too focused on purely the outcome.
0: Absolutely, I'm gonna go right back to what Dr. Rao says, our friend Dr. Rao says, that we must be committed to the journey, not the outcome. And actually, when we begin to talk about leadership and he begins to talk about goals, he says it's okay to set a goal, but once you set the goals, throw them out the window. Forget all about them, use them as a framework, right? Something to look toward, however, it's really about the journey and the process of how do we really get there, committing really and truly to to the journey. You know, <clears throat> I looked up something about commitment uh, as we were getting ready to, to to air this this show or record this show. And as I, I look up this this article called Sense of Commitment, you know, the first sentence really struck me. And the first sentence says the phenomenon of commitment is a cornerstone of human social life. And I was like, wow. So commitment is the cornerstone of our lives. I wonder how many people really consider that on a day-to-day basis, as many people are on autopilot, as we know, how many people really sit back and think about commitment being the cornerstone of everything that they do, whether they're doing it well, whether they're not doing it well. Again, commitment is something that you're either in or you're out. But how many people really think about that on a conscious level on a day-to-day basis?
1: Fascinating way to think of it because you think of some of maybe our most traditional commitments that Mm -hmm. people think of raising a child, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Husband and wife, however you define that um, best friends, Mm
0: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. the commitment we have to an organization, like Mm -hmm. maybe it's our undergraduate institution, Mm -hmm, right? There's mm -hmm. always a a commitment there that, that transcends. And it's such a, such a fascinating construct, right? Mm -hmm. Is that that social bond and, as we, as we think about that, it makes me think, well, so what happens when it's missing? Mm-hmm. When the bonds are inadequate, maybe it's across groups. If the bonds are inadequate across groups, if we don't uh, feel that same sense of dedication
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. to folks different than us, what does that mean?
0: You know, that's interesting that you say that. It's interesting that you brought up organizations and people's commitments to organizations, right? Because we know that from leadership and from management, people are committed to organizations, but if management doesn't treat them right, they're willing to leave their manager, even though they may have a commitment to the organization. And then there are other people, within organizations who are st- solely committed to themselves and their career, right? It's more about them than it is about the organization. And it, with commitment being a word that we use all the time, I often wonder if you ask someone the definition of commitment, what definition would you get from them? As I looked at this article, it said that commitment makes individuals' behavior predictable in the face of fluctuations in their desires and interests, Mm -hmm. thereby facilitating the planning and coordination of joint actions involving multiple agents.
1: That sounds so much like hours spent together working on this topic of you know, arriving at a decision, aligning behind that decision, and fully committing as a team. Yes. And you certainly you see that in athletics. It is blatantly obvious when it's not the case. You see it in corporations. You see it in healthcare organizations. I mean, any organization, you absolutely see it when it's absent. It pops out all kinds of different ways. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's the hard work that sometimes get doesn't get done because – it gives the illusion of winners and losers, right? Because mm-hmm. if we're, if we're in a group of six, seven, eight, nine people, and we're trying to solve a problem mm-hmm. or determine a direction, and we all have a sort of a different perspective because we've got a diverse group, another mm-hmm. topic we've covered, right? Mm-hmm. Makes us mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. We, we all see the world a little bit differently and mm-hmm. we have to ultimately work through the sloppiness of that mm-hmm pick the next logical step, Mm -hmm. which is in my experience, where it commonly goes awry, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're Mm -hmm. trying to say where we're going to end up sometimes too far out, right? Mm -hmm. And we tie it into all kinds of cool terms like strategic plan, five year, (laughs) whatever, you know, and and really we're in this group. So we've had all these different perspectives, but we have to decide and commit Mm -hmm. about where we're going next as an organization because we're going to lead this organization that's the hardest part Mm -hmm. right and you get a lot of counterfeit in that Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. the absence of commitment shows itself in malproductive ways maladaptive ways right because each person then leaves that group having said they committed goes back to their particular lane or line of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And no matter who you are, if you're not careful, you slip right back into your way or Mm -hmm. my way. Mm -hmm. And that fails to honor the commitment. So it brings us back to where you started. Are you half in or half out?
0: You know, I was watching ESPN the other morning. I was watching some highlights. And I happened to see the Lakers and their new team. And there was a time where I think there was a foul committed. And one of the newer Lakers was trying to gather the other four Lakers to huddle right at the foul line to discuss, I guess, what the next strategy was going to be, the next play was going to be. And four of the Lakers met at that foul line. But there was one who didn't want to meet at the foul line, and he didn't. And so I had to ask myself, is he really committed to the Lakers? And is he committed to himself being the best player that he can be? Does he Is he committed to wanting to be on the team? Does Is he committed to wanting to be a team player? Because based upon his actions, he wasn't. And as you've just mentioned, commitment – It's inclusion in commitment because I realize in my commitment that it's bigger than me. It's really about we, and we've talked about this in in previous episodes. And so as I saw his actions, I questioned his commitment, and he's been on other teams, and I've questioned his commitment outside of himself producing numbers because he doesn't have a championship yet, and he appears to have been uh, somewhat of a, and I, like, I don't like to use this word, a cancer to every team that he's been on. And then I saw that just the other day, and I'm like, this guy is not committed to anything but himself. So he's all in, but he's all in about him, <laughs> and not about the team. And we've seen that in, in organizations as well.
1: Absolutely. And, it, you know, it kind of – commitment really is to people. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, and then people collectively – unless an individual, if it's just an individual goal, that's different. But when we're really trying to do big things, yes, it usually takes more than one person, right? Those people committing together is what it's all about. But that first commitment is to the other people, right? And I think of it, the the simple analogy I think of in in that case is, you know, that's a new Laker, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, Think of that as a child in that organization, right? Maybe it's as simple as that new Laker has a question.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Everybody else may not have that same question. They may know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. But that commitment is to the people. And if it was a child and they had a question, Mm -hmm. that sense of commitment would lead people to come around and help give an answer, help show a way Mm -hmm. forward. And that's really how it kind of works is that it's the commitment to people. And if any member of the group has a, has a question, has a time of uncertainty or needs help, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the most successful people in leadership, Alan Mulally comes to mind, Mm -hmm. right? Is Mm -hmm. that setting up that meeting with all his top executives every week was a big part of that was to make sure that, Each person heard what the other was up against so that if help was needed, Mm -hmm. it would be offered,
0: and the collective would move to a better place. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about, as you said, the collective, right? I'm a huge sports fan, so as yesterday, I'm looking at a football game, and I'm looking at one particular player with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And as I look at him, he's a quarterback, right? Jalen Hurts. And I remember him in Alabama. I remember when he first came into the NFL. And he's a totally different quarterback this year than he's been in previous years. But that speaks to his commitment in the offseason to prepare to be the best quarterback that he could be, the physical workout, the mental workouts. Um, As this definition alluded to, Um, in the face of fluctuations, you become predictable. So he began to study situations and how he would respond in situations. He was committed to himself becoming better so that he could make the collective better as a Philadelphia Eagle. And now you're seeing the fruit of the work. But when they interview him at the end of games, he always talks about the commitment of the team, and the commitment to the process and the journey.
1: That's such a great example of considering the other people because his his preparation involves knowing where everybody is going to be on -hmm. the field. Mm -hmm. And as a quarterback, Mm -hmm. you know, that's putting the ball where it needs to be so that not only can the receiver catch it, Mm -hmm. they can do something with it. Yes. Right? And – they're not going to get hurt based on how they have to try and catch it. So it's all those things of figuring out how it comes together. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, I love the con- I love to differentiate between team and individual commitment mm-hmm. because it means such different things, right? Like we all have personal growth goals or things that we like to do. Those can't get in the way of what – is happening on your team yes. whether that's a sports team whether that's a business whether that's a healthcare organization mm-hmm. or team the there's no uh, there's there's no conflict between the individual getting better and the team getting better mm-hmm. as long as we take the time to set the full context of what that means yep
0: absolutely i, I couldn't agree with you more And we probably need to look at that from a political perspective, right? Um, Whether Democrat, whether Republican, whether independent, we need politicians who make a commitment to making this country better and opportunities better. And when we look at politicians, we question (laughs) their commitment to the people or their commitment to themselves, uh, and most of them fall in that, that, that category, but this topic of commitment is one that we could go on and on about uh, because it's just that important, right? As this says, it is the cornerstone of human social life. And every day we come to an intersection of commitment. What we're going to commit to Or not regularly. I think everything that we do is really about if we're going to commit to an act um, or not. And it's interesting because along with commitment comes trust.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned the P word, so I got to weigh in a little bit on the political side Mm -hmm. because I think one of the things that's really missing now Mm -hmm. is commitment to the common good. Mm. And... What we see instead, which is a very poor substitute, is a commitment to constituents. Yes. Right? And at some level, we got to reconcile. Right? We really do have to be willing to take a look, which leads to compromise Mm -hmm. and leads to solution-making that is not polarized out on, you know, far right and left ends of the spectrum. It's just where we ultimately have to go. But right now it's so profoundly unpopular. I think there's a homework issue there personally amongst Mm -hmm. the population. Mm -hmm. I think the vast majority of people right now are not doing the homework to understand the issues and how everything ultimately comes together to, to fundamentally work. In our country and in our government Mm -hmm. so to me i would issue a challenge to everybody to spend a little more time right like one of the things that that we talk about all the time is implicit bias and Mm -hmm. how we individually see the world right Mm -hmm. there's an illusion that exists for Mm me Mm -hmm. that I mean, what I see is the way it is, right? Right. I mean, I saw it. That's
0: right. (laughs) That's right. But
1: turns out, I've got to reconcile it with what you saw. That's right. Which is different. Which is equally real. That's right. And what lots of other people see, because there's no, the reality is different, right? It is different than what any of us sees. It's somewhere in the middle, and we seem to Mm -hmm. have lost that concept in how we govern, and it just becomes polarized and and it's nasty. But you mentioned trust and, you know, trust is always one of my favorite topics because I think everything flows from that. Mm -hmm. If we don't have trust and trust means a lot of different things, Mm -hmm. you know, it means Mm -hmm. something individually, it means something corporately, it Mm -hmm. means something in a team. I think we've talked about it in the past that, you know, part of trust is predictability right mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. trust people because we know where they're how they're going to act in a given situation mm-hmm. if it's a sports team you know you trust that the person is going to end up in a spot that's mm-hmm. why you see these people that you know have an assist that nobody you know you're playing mm-hmm. a game and all of a sudden this guy passes to what looks like nowhere but a guy catches it out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it was because they had a trust mm-hmm that the one person knew how the other person was going to act in a given situation. Mm -hmm. That's fundamental to
0: commitment. It is. It is fundamental to commitment. Some people are fearful of commitment. And, And now that we're having this conversation, I'm really trying to figure out how does one walk through life with a fear of commitment when everything that you do requires commitment, whether it's getting out of bed in the morning, whether it's walking into your living room in the morning, getting in your car, all of that requires a measure of commitment. We don't think about it that way because we don't think about commitment. We always think about some big event that we have to commit to or some big activity. But when we think about it, really think about it, everything that we do in life requires some measure of Commitment, And my question is, how do we raise that to a very conscious level of what commitment actually is for people to be able to see and understand what commitment really means?
1: Yeah, it starts with the baby steps of commitment, right? Like, yeah. you know, And I'll use exercise as an example. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we know is a lot of highly successful people exercise in the morning. Mm-hmm. It, they have a commitment to their own well-being. Mm-hmm. and they have to put certain structures in place in order to honor that, right? Like it's not just a willpower thing. and that, that hardly ever works for anybody, mm-hmm. no matter how willful they are. That's right, that's right. <laughs> but take working out, you know, one of the key things that can happen is the homework for that for a morning workout is put out the stuff you need the night before. That's right put it in a place where you can see it when you first wake up. It gives you a little message that says, Hey, remember what we were going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, and it begins to set the stage step by step mm-hmm. of that commitment to do something that's along your journey that, you know, is good for you. Mm-hmm. Now it may change, you know, you may have all, I can't tell you how many times when I was running marathons and I would get all that stuff on go outside Pouring down rain, might have to call the audible, right? <laughs> right. right. Do something right. different. Right. Either right. add more clothes and do it anyway, right. or right. more commonly, figure out some kind of cross-training thing right. and do that anyway. Right. But by that point I'm already dressed. That's right. And it's like, okay, we gotta do something. Right. Uh and that so that structural piece of commitment mm-hmm. that that really is a preparation phase for me, has always been helpful. And Mm -hmm. I know for some Mm -hmm. others, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I, I just heard you describe commitment to the process of, you know, getting in shape, staying in shape. Having a regimen of uh, a healthy regimen of working out, it's really about that whole process. Committing to the process, laying out your clothes, waking up at a particular time, knowing that okay, the weather is not favorable, but it's something that I still have to do because I'm already dressed in order for me to maintain that health. So I'm listening to the commitment to the process, the commitment to the to the, to the to the journey, which is again, it goes right back to what this says, predictable in the face of fluctuations, right? And so it's about the journey, committed to the journey. And you mentioned structure, and you mentioned process, and I always like to say structure and process creates discipline, right? That discipline, that, and that discipline means, to me discipline can be, is synonymous to commitment. Right, I'm committed to doing this, I'm disciplined uh, enough to, to, do, to do this, but, I think there needs to be more con- more conversation around this whole topic of commitment so that people truly understand the importance that it has in our everyday life and sometimes we have a tendency to play it down.
1: So true, and one of the things that that I think is important to bring into the discussion is, especially in a team context, or group context is what happens when you fail on your commitment,
0: Mm.
1: right? Like let's say, you know, you were counting on me to do something. I gave it my best effort, but it just didn't happen. And we know that that's not uncommon, right? Mm -hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. if we're trying to do great things and, 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 Mm -hmm. and hit, hit high targets. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, and it's really a breakdown, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a breakdown. And one of the things I think is important to bring into the discussion is that breakdowns are inevitable. Yes. And the sooner we call out that break, call out that breakdown, the better off we are because we can regroup and figure out what the the new next step in the process is. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I always try to get groups to do is get comfortable with Calling out the breakdown, whether it's your breakdown or whether you sense a breakdown, because a lot of times in a group dynamic, the outside eyes from another team member can pick up the breakdown happening before the person who's really being counted on to deliver it can pick it up. That's right. And so you're... You're just much better off if you create that environment. Now, we see it in sports all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's the whole concept of helping out on defense That's and basketball. Right. That's right. Right? That's right. And it's a help and recover, right? So you help out, and then the paradigm is either get back to your man or you switch or whichever way that, again, That's there's right. a structure that tells you which way I supposed to go That's for right. a given situation. But that concept is really important. So the communication around commitment has to be continuous mm-hmm. on a team in any group mm-hmm. so that you can, you can adjust because the energy of the universe does funny things, right? That's, and no matter right. what that's you're right. trying to do, <laughs> that's right. that's you right. know, that's right. there are times where it just doesn't work out quite like you had planned. And the quicker we can get that into dialogue and figure out what's the next way to
0: go, the
1: better we are. as a that's group. That's right.
0: I like to say, we always have to get back on the horse. You know, anytime you've been kicked off the horse, you always have to get back on the horse, right? That's how we learn, right? What we've learned in the breakdown is how not to do something, right? But if I'm committed to the process and ultimately I'm committed to learning what needs to be done, regardless of what the learning moments may be, which I consider learning moments, you know, other than, rather than breakdowns, what, what were the learning moments that enabled me to be able to achieve the commitment that I set out to within the process of being committed to whatever that activity is. Um, but this is an interesting topic because in, in this conversation alone, it's where it hit me that everything is a commitment.
1: It is 100% and some of them are, are minor and some of them are major. Well, let's pivot and say, what happens when a commitment is inadequate, right? And I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of call that recipe for regret, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You set, set yourself up for somewhere down the road to say, if only I had, or mm-hmm. what if I had, or why didn't I, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it it typically ends up, not that we all haven't done it, right? right? Yeah, like We have, we have, we have right? We have. You're like... It's that big what if, and it almost always goes back to what if I'd really put myself out there? What if I had really done my best? Right. And when we do that, when we do that examination uh, through the rear view mirror, why, why didn't I do my best that time? And for me, you know, a lot of times it was fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like especially younger, it was always important to me to be successful and look successful mm-hmm. and, you know, to not appear to struggle very much. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and as a surgeon, that's actually pretty important too, right? Because, you know, no matter how hard it is as the leader in that room, you, you definitely need to have a cool head with mm-hmm. bad things happen when that doesn't exist. And so. For me, it was a real journey to understand, you know, full commitment means doing your very best all the time, even if there's a possibility that you may experience failure. And the older I get and more experience, the more I realize that those failures happen all the time. You can call them breakdowns. You can call them learning moments. You can call them opportunities. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, that's what, you that's know right. that's, the old joke amongst surgeons is, you know, in in when we have the big healthcare meetings and stuff, we call them opportunities amongst surgeons. You know, we call them screw ups, right? <laughs> yeah, Basically, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and it it really is a process of imperfection that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that has imperfection has nothing to do with it because imperfection is 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 the expectation, whereas perfection is the aspiration, right? And there right. you know it's like a Lombardi. You shoot for
0: perfection and, you know, you'll hit excellent. That's right. Right? That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, um, such an interesting topic, especially when we start talking about self-commitment and interpersonal commitment and the difference between the two, but then how they actually overlap. As I commit to myself, somewhere down the line, that commitment to myself, will have an impact on the collective
1: absolutely and you know my favorite example of this one is uh in mike sheshefsky's book the gold standard Mm. and you know at that time that the u.s had been had been down in basketball Mm. and had not won the gold medal and they brought that team back and that book talks about a couple different concepts It talks about the difference between context and perspective. And it talks about the, the name on the front of the Jersey versus mm-hmm. the name on the back of the Jersey, which is one of my favorite metaphors, right? Mm-hmm. All my teams that, that I deal with in, in the healthcare arena, I always try to don't, don't always get it. I'm sure, but I always try to express to everybody, we want your best mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. We want your great individual ideas. We want you to play your best, basically, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the context. Mm-hmm. But the bigger picture is perspective, mm-hmm. right? And Mike Krzyzewski does a really interesting thing with that team in two, for the two, that ended up winning the gold medal in 2012, is he set the perspective as the United States of America, Mm-hmm. And very early on in that team's journey, he brought in a wounded veteran, amputee, to speak to the group and and sort of really set the stage that hey, as great as you all are, and they're the greatest basketball players mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron, yeah. Dwayne Wade, he was hurt, he was back, you know, Kobe, all these guys, mm-hmm. and. You know, as great as you are, I mean, once you play in your your absolute individual best, mm-hmm. this is really about the USA recapturing the world stage in basketball and mm-hmm. and demonstrating to the world mm-hmm. that we are the very best at basketball mm-hmm. individually, but particularly collectively. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a you know that's that's commitment. Yeah, that's, you know, that, when that, you that commit is. to the. To the common
0: good, mm-hmm. that's commitment. Exactly, exactly. You can't get past this phrase, is what it says, it is uh, no man is an island, right? Whether we believe it or not, as we walk around as individuals, whatever we do has an impact on someone else. And as we walk through this life and we think about commitment, what is my commitment to my fellow human being? Something came to my head here as I was listening to you, call, and I was thinking about a commitment contract, right? For one to really give some thought to commitment, what are they really committed to? When you go into an organization signing a commitment contract, what are you really committed to with this organization? whether you're a part of a social club, what are you really committed to as a part of this social club that I'm a part of? Um, Because too many people walk through life without any commitments. At least it appears that they don't have any commitments, right, Uh, based upon some of the things that we see. And so if they were asked that question, if they had to sign a commitment contract, what would they commit to up front?
1: What a brilliant question, and I think of it in the in the sense of the of the doctor patient covenant, right? That mm-hmm. bond, mm-hmm. and I think we get that wrong a lot now, mm-hmm. unfortunately, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a communication barrier there sometimes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. while it starts with a good bond of trust and really you're trying to seek empathy and listen well, sometimes there's a miss there because mm-hmm. it's different languages, but the real covenant doctor patient would be something along the lines of I'm going to understand what you as the patient need. I'm going to explain to you what our options are to get there. Mm-hmm. And together we're going to co-create a mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. to start on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and too often we miss that. And it's mostly a translational Mm-hmm. A, a translational gap. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned earlier freedom, and I think that really mm-hmm. made, it made me think of my mother because one of the things she taught us from a very young age, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, I had a brother that was two years younger than I am, sister much mm-hmm. younger, but my brother mm-hmm. and I, you know, sort of needed some instruction from time to time on each other's personal space and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. the thing was, was that, my freedom had to end where my brother's nose began when it came <laughs> to swinging my arms, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And we get that now. That there's, there's this weird uh, belief that freedom is unlimited mm. in our country for mm-hmm. a given individual, mm-hmm. and that ignores the very foundational premise of the common good. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely have to understand that Freedom is, well, we we always hear freedom isn't free, and it's Mm -hmm, not, mm -hmm. but it's not unlimited either. That's right. And it really has to to take into consideration uh, the needs and the rights of others. And to the extent that we get that wrong, it ultimately has horrible effects on
0: our ability to make progress as a society. I agree. You know, a big question for us for, as a country, is what are we really committed to? Because there's so many agendas out there. What is that common commitment that we need to have to become a better country? And that's a question for an organization as well. What are the common commitments in order to be able to uh, serve our constituency, our, cons- our consumer, our patients, right? What are those common commitments we need to make? And what prevents us from making those commitments? Uh, Because there are always some constraints that exist. Uh, And oftentimes, things don't go as we want them to go. And so what, what, what went awry with that commitment that caused that deviation Maybe this is a conversation that is had during a strategic planning process, but I'm willing to bet that it doesn't happen on a regular day to day basis around the question of commitment. You know, if I'm a healthcare worker and I'm working in a particular department, do I ask myself on a day to day basis? Am I truly committed to the patient? Or am, am I committed to my coworker? Am I committed to being the best that I can be? I'm sure that those questions probably don't arise consciously on a day-to-day basis. Often they will arise during a, uh, uh, an evaluation you know, from, from your manager, right? But it needs to be a day-to-day type of conversation around what the commitment is, because that leads us to the greater good of the organization, the greater good of society. And how how do we get to that collective commitment?
1: Well, that that's such a great question, and it really takes me back to NASA mm. In, mm. The, in the mm-hmm. Kennedy era, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no question that that man space flight that putting a person on the moon was critical and it was in the context of russian relations Mm -hmm, and all mm -hmm. these things but what made it work so well was clarity of purpose Mm -hmm. and the story that we always tell i've heard you tell it i know i've told it many times lots of people tell it is you know a person touring nasa and the the custodian cleaning up Mm -hmm. and they asked him what he was doing. And he says, I'm putting a man on the moon. Mm -hmm. absolutely. And that takes some real clarity. That takes effort to get an organization there Mm -hmm. in, in a sense, it's really the Holy grail, uh, of commitment. What has to happen to get there is that, that struggle that difficult dialogue, especially now because we have such a diverse country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that difficult dialogue of what really is the set of principles we can align on. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Doesn't matter whether you're a government, a team, an organization of any kind. It's that difficult conversation, which you can't have when people are threatening one another. You can't mm-hmm. have unless you create a space of openness mm-hmm. in your mind mm-hmm. and unless you collectively up front say, We're gonna work through this, we're gonna work it all the way through, we're gonna find the next viable step, and then we are gonna make sure that we make it and we're all gonna work together to do that's that. Right. That's the to me, that's the the biggest obstacle to commitment is the alignment component, which requires difficult discussions. It requires bringing different perspectives together and figuring out what the best compromise is. The thing that I've always been incredibly impressed by, though, is that when you actually do that, Mm -hmm. what you thought was going to be a compromise solution is quite often a much better solution than what anybody was proposing in the first place. I agree with you. The leap of faith has to be taken. That's right, that's
0: right. You know, I was listening to you and I was just thinking about how many times people use the word commitment on a daily basis. I don't think people use that word a lot. And I think if we made it a more regular word in our conversation, a lot of those types of commitments would take care of themselves and people would become more committed, you know, instead of saying, we're going we're gonna to do this. We're committed to doing this. That's a different way of saying it. We're committed versus we're going to do it. No, we are committed to making this happen, right? The emotions that become involved, the alignment, as you mentioned, that happens as a result of we are committed, so that means that everybody's on the same sheet of music around being committed to make something happen, right? Um, and then you find those who are not committed, right? You'll, they, they, they will fall off very, very, very quickly. And as they fall off, because they're not committed, then you lose the trust. So there's so much in that equation around trust and commitment that happens because of or because something doesn't happen, And I really don't think, from a cerebral perspective, we really give that a whole lot of consideration.
1: Well, the tough thing that also happens is that when it becomes evident that somebody has abandoned their commitment in in an organization or a team, really what that means is they've decided they don't want to be part of that team. That's right. And an action is necessary to sometimes remove them from that team, and that's hard leadership work. Sometimes that's tough to do and doesn't get done. But the idea is to have that critical mass of people that are truly committed, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to doing what you're going to do, which reminds me, we committed – to another Unlikely Intersection show. I think we have done it. And I'd love to uh, thank the audience for listening and, and ask you to check us out at unlikelyintersection.com uh, or check me out on LinkedIn at Doc Philip Brown or Terry.
0: Yep, you can find me on LinkedIn at Terry Jackson PhD. We look forward to engaging with you. Uh, we look forward to answering any questions you may have or any suggestions you may have for Unlikely Intersection. We'll see you at the next time